Hello, and welcome to the Chess Journal's Editor Highlights Podcast. Each month, Chess Editor-in-Chief Dr. Peter Mazzone highlights key articles from the current issue of the journal to help clinicians stay informed about new research in the fields of pulmonary, critical care, and sleep medicine. To introduce this month's episode, here is Dr. Peter Mazzone. Thank you for tuning in to the Editor's Highlight podcast for the June 2023 issue of the journal Chest. There's a great lineup of diverse content in this month's issue. Over the next 15 minutes, I'll provide a brief overview of key manuscripts published in each of our content areas. We'll start with our asthma content area. We currently lack biomarkers for the prediction of asthma remission from the use of biotherapies targeting interleukin-5. In this issue, Mormons and colleagues report the findings from an observational study designed to determine if the sputum of patients with severe eosinophilic asthma shows biomarkers of remission after therapy targeting IL-5. 11 of 52 patients included in the study were classified as being in remission. Male sex, sputum neutrophil percentage, eotaxin 1, interleukin 5, and EPX were identified as potential predictors of remission. These findings suggest sputum type 2 markers may help with the prediction of remission after anti-interleukin 5 therapy for severe eosinophilic asthma. Next is our chest infections content area. It is unknown whether guideline concordant selection of empiric antibiotic treatment for community-acquired pneumonia is associated with long-term outcomes. In this issue, Corrales Medina and colleagues report findings from a retrospective cohort study of 1,909 elderly patients who survived hospitalization for community-acquired pneumonia, designed to determine if guideline-concordant initial antibiotic treatment for elderly individuals hospitalized for community-acquired pneumonia is associated with one-year all-cause in cardiovascular mortality. Guideline-concordant initial therapy choice was found to be associated with a reduction in cardiovascular death risk in the year following admission with a hazard ratio of 0.53. These findings provide further support for treatment selection for elderly hospitalized patients with community-acquired pneumonia that is aligned with current clinical practice guidelines. Completing this section is a research letter that reports the mortality by age group and intubation status in adult hospitalized patients from 21 U.S. hospital systems during the three surges of the COVID-19 pandemic. On to our COPD content area. Though telerehabilitation can increase access to rehabilitation services, it may be difficult to create an autonomy supportive environment in this setting. In this issue, Cox and colleagues report the results from a sub-study of a randomized controlled trial designed to assess both patient experience in an eight-week telerehab program and the degree to which the program provided an autonomy-supportive environment. 
136 participants completed the healthcare climate questionnaire and 30 rehab participants undertook structured interviews. The HCCQ summary scores indicated the program provided an autonomy supportive environment similar to those in a center-based rehab arm. The interviews identified themes including ease of participation, peer and individual support, internal and external motivation to exercise, equipment and technology support, and feelings of loss at the end of the program. These results support telerehab as an autonomy supportive environment. Also in this section is an original research study that reports on associations between propylene oxide exposure and lung function, and a special features article describing the clinical utility of lung imaging in COPD. Next is our critical care content area. The impact of left ventricular systolic function on outcomes in patients with sepsis is uncertain. In this issue, Duger and colleagues report findings from a retrospective cohort study designed to determine if left ventricular systolic dysfunction is associated with increased mortality in patients with sepsis and septic shock. The 3,151 patients included were divided into five groups based on the left ventricular ejection fraction. In multivariate logistic regression analysis, left ventricular ejection fraction of less than 25% with an odds ratio of 2.75 and greater than 70% odds ratio 1.70 were associated with higher in-hospital mortality compared to those with a left ventricular ejection fraction of 55 to 70%. These results identify a U-shaped association between left ventricular ejection fraction in in-hospital mortality in sepsis and septic shock that may be considered when prognosticating outcome. Also in this section is an original research article that reports new and persistent sedative prescriptions among older adults after critical illness and a chest review on transforming team culture through curiosity and collaboration. On to our diffuse lung disease content area. The rate of lung function decline in lymphangiolyomyomatosis varies significantly, leading to clinical decision challenges. In this issue, Palapana and colleagues report on the development and validation of a dynamic prediction model of the probability of clinically relevant FEV1 decline. The model was developed from 216 individuals in the U.S. NHLBI LAM registry and validated in 185 individuals from the U.K. LAM natural history cohort. A joint model that estimated the risk of future lung function decline and five-year transplant-free survival had an area under the curve of 0.80. The model also estimated forecasted FEV1, rate of decline of FEV1, and risk of prolonged drops in FEV1 with AUCs greater than 0.80. 
The model developed may allow individualized land prognostication and assist in decision-making about the timing of treatment initiation. Also in this section is a research letter that describes radiographic abnormalities in first-degree relatives of patients with different subtypes of pulmonary fibrosis and a chest review on the diagnosis and management of myositis-associated interstitial lung disease. On to our education and clinical practice content area. The impact of pulmonary alterations in respiratory mechanics in individuals with heart failure with preserved ejection fraction is unknown. In this issue, Villaraga and colleagues report findings from an evaluation of respiratory mechanics during incremental cycling to volitional exhaustion to determine if operating lung volumes, work of breathing, and power of breathing are abnormal in patients with heart failure with preserved ejection fraction during exercise. They found that patients with heart failure with preserved ejection fraction had lower end inspiratory lung volumes and dynamic lung compliance, higher total work of breathing, power of breathing, and inspiratory and expiratory resistive work and power of breathing than control participants. These results demonstrate that heart failure with preserved ejection fraction is associated with pulmonary alterations manifest as greater inspiratory and expiratory resistive power of breathing that elicit a greater power of breathing during exercise. Also in this section is a systematic review and meta-analysis of diagnostic test accuracy of lung ultrasound for acute chest syndrome in sickle cell disease and a chest review of smart devices and their usefulness for identifying respiratory sounds. Next is our pulmonary vascular content area. The pediatric pulmonary arterial hypertension risk assessment tool requires further evaluation in diverse populations. In this issue, Kwan and colleagues evaluated 247 children aged three months to 18 years, enrolled in prospective multicenter registry from China to determine the characteristics and long-term survival of individuals with PPAH in China and evaluate the performance of the PPAH risk model. Most patients had idiopathic PAH or PAH associated with congenital heart disease. The median diagnostic delay was 24 months and the mean PAP and PVR were 71 millimeters of mercury and 22 wood units, respectively. Five and 10-year survival rates were 74.9% and 55.7%, with better survival in congenital heart disease-associated pulmonary arterial hypertension. A simplified non-invasive risk score with weight, functional class, and echo right ventricular size both at baseline and follow-up, was developed. Patients with low-risk scores had better survival. These findings detail the diagnostic delay and severity of PAH at presentation for children in China and identify a risk model capable of separating low- and high-risk individuals in this population. Our sleep medicine content area is next. 
The impact of positive airway pressure for obstructive sleep apnea on health care costs is uncertain. In this issue, Anne and colleagues evaluate 543 participants with obstructive sleep apnea from the TELA-OSA study, stratified into three PAP adherence groups based on usage patterns over three years, in order to determine if three-year health care costs are associated with PAP adherence. They found that the high adherence group had the lowest average covariate adjusted six month healthcare costs with a significant cost difference around $832 noted between the high and low adherence groups. These findings support the importance of strategies to enhance long-term PAP adherence. Completing this section is an original research article identifying biomarkers for neurocognition in pediatric and young adults with congenital central hypoventilation syndrome during ventilatory and orthostatic challenges. Next is our thoracic oncology content area. Hypomethylation of the aryl hydrocarbon receptor repressor, AHRR gene, indicates long-term smoking exposure. Individual longitudinal changes in AHRR methylation are unclear. In this issue, Skov Jepson and colleagues evaluate 4,432 individuals from the Copenhagen City Heart Study with baseline and follow-up blood samples and smoking information collected approximately 10 years apart to determine the influence of smoking behavior in demographic variables on AHRR methylation over time. AHRR methylation recovery occurred in those who were able to quit smoking. Higher age was associated with lower methylation recovery in those who quit smoking. These results highlight potential beneficial epigenetic changes from quitting smoking. Also in this section is an original research article evaluating health-related quality of life following robotic-assisted or video-assisted lobectomy in patients with non-small cell lung cancer. Also, an updated meta-analysis of guided bronchoscopy for the evaluation of pulmonary lesions and an analysis of the National Lung Cancer Audit Rapid Cancer Registration Datasets to determine the impact of COVID-19 on lung cancer incidents in England. Finally, I encourage you to read our Humanities in Chess Medicine section, where you'll find an Exhalation Series article titled Words Matter, and our Case Series publications for the month that provide novel and educational cases to help improve your clinical skills. I hope you enjoy reading all the high-quality content available in this month's issue of CHEST. As always, I am grateful to the authors of this work and reviewers who volunteered their time to improve the quality of these manuscripts and to our editorial board for guiding everything that we do. Until next month, I hope you enjoy the June issue. Thanks for listening to the CHEST Journal's Editor Highlights Podcast. You can find the articles mentioned in this podcast and more on chestjournal.org. And if you're looking for more context and commentary on articles in the current issue, please check out the original Chess Journal podcast, which features in-depth discussions with the authors themselves. We'll be back again with more Editor's Highlights next month.